0: Clubhouse. This is Lauren. This is Steph. And today we are covering Little Fires Everywhere, episode 5, called Duo. What's going on with you, Lauren?
1: Well, it's April Fool's Day. It's almost over. I don't have a joke planned for you today, though. Maybe. Maybe I'll come up with something in the next bit of time. Did you play any jokes on anybody? No. Not a prankster. No? Why not? I
0: don't know. I just don't like pranks that much. I think they're funny.
1: You don't like to get pranked
0: or you don't like to prank people? I definitely don't like to get pranked. For sure. What?
1: And. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How Uh... are we friends? (laughs) How, how have you not pranked me? <laughs> how do you not enjoy pranking people? I don't understand. Do I don't know. You, like you I just don't... feel bad afterwards. Really? Oh my gosh. I
0: feel like it's always backfired.
1: I actually have had one backfire before, but it doesn't <laughs> stop me. <laughs> did you prank your kids? I did prank my kids. Okay. Yeah, we had a box of donuts like the box that donuts Mm -hmm. would come in and then a little white paper bag that like donut holes would come in yeah and I had it out on the counter this morning when they woke up thinking and they're like oh mom got donuts but inside the box was a box of malto meal (laughs) (laughs) Delicious. And then in the bag was a bag of apples. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, the only reason I own Meal is because my husband, like, orders it on Amazon because I won't buy it. So he, <laughs> he he's eats like it for old, breakfast. He I don't know when he eats it, but he has a lifetime supply <laughs> in our pantry because he ordered it on Amazon. So You don't know um, when he eats it. He sneaks in the, in the kitchen at 3 a.m., eats his meal. I don't know. He's always like, why don't you buy normal food? And then like I'm like, what do you mean normal what is normal food? And then it's I guess Malto meal. Malto meal is normal food. Oh my gosh. For him. That's I guess like a
0: childhood. I mean, I think I ate that when I was a child. Like
1: Really? I've never had it. It looks disgusting. I have no desire to have it.
0: I feel like it's a cross between oatmeal and like grits or something. It's just kind of in yeah. that family of like
1: creamy weirdness. Powdered, <laughs> goopy something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway,
0: so so we did that. Did you- and then
1: also um, my son has a friend that the mom texted me. and I don't know her very well. And she was like, with this quarantine stuff, the kids are just really wanting to see their friends' faces. Can we just drive by? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like kids we're about to get pranked (laughs) like i'm suspicious of this because who on april 1st is like oh can you guys come outside of your house we're just gonna wave at you right like i just thought we were gonna get shot with nerf guns or something we were not gonna show up to this unprepared so we blew up like i don't know 50 60 water balloons (laughs) waiting nice. to be attacked <laughs> they show up they have signs that are like we miss you we love you oh <laughs> we still pelted their car with water balloons i was saying <laughs> and then you still hit them with water balloons. and then we gave That's them awesome. actually my joke on my kids was i had a little special bucket of them that i went and gave their friends on the other side was like nice. here get them back so they got to drive by and get us too So that's that's what makes me not a complete asshole. That was my peace offering. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, that sounds a lot of fun. It actually was fun. It prompted us to get in our car and go tell our friends we wanted to say hi to them because we missed them. And then we pelted them with water balloons. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I don't know. Hopefully it's a good memory for my kids one day. Yeah, but uh, sure it is. I guess we're supposed to talk about little fires everywhere, though. Yeah, I think we need to get going. So on this episode, I saw that motherhood, like they take us through a lens of motherhood where there's so much diversity. You see class, race, age and socioeconomics um, determining different decisions that mothers make. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to start with Lexi? That's a big one. Yeah, we see her finding out that she is pregnant. Yeah. What did you think about the fact that she is choosing abortion without even telling Brian it
0: was a weird dynamic going on there because she was on the pro Linda side of the whole BB and Linda and the mailing baby and so she's thought about that and seen her family like support this other family so she knows you know she's on the sort of adoption side of things And she's even saying, like, will Bebe abandon her baby? And so I thought she would be a little bit more in tune to that. But I think she struggled when she tried to talk to Brian about it, I think. I mean, you know, I think she just got the feeling like he reacted to it in a negative way. And so she didn't say anything. I was surprised by that.
1: I feel like they've been dating for a while. I really like what you just said because I didn't catch that. I didn't catch her views on adoption and how that doesn't seem to apply to what she wants to do whenever she's in the, I guess, the hot seat. With her situation. Yeah, with her situation. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about it and I just thought maybe she just felt her family would want her to keep the baby versus giving it up for adoption.
1: Yeah, I think that she's trying to protect her reputation as a good girl, mm-hmm. and her relationship with Brian, and also her future at Yale, I think that a pregnancy yeah. changes all of those things in ways that she's not willing to change. So meanwhile, we've seen Bibi who was hungry and fearful for her daughter's life, leave her daughter at a fire station, but now deeply regretful and motivated to get her back. Just seeing these stories compared right side by side, as- especially Whenever you put Linda into the mix, who has wanted children forever Mm -hmm. and hasn't been able to successfully, you know, have a baby of her own. And then now she's finally got Mirabelle and maybe she is facing losing her and getting her taken away when she deeply wants and loves her.
0: These episodes are getting even more emotional, I feel, as we go on. And so these topics are really hard to be decisive about. I find that I'm not really black and white about it.
1: Well, I think that's when you've got a really good storyline um, and you've got a really good writing is whenever you can see all the sides and you realize why people make the yeah, decisions that they make. You're given some perspective that your own life might not normally offer.
0: Yeah, because even Lexi has a hard stance on it when she tells Brian no real mother would abandon her baby. Like, I feel like even Lexia, as speaks has a pretty black and white view on it when she's talking about Linda and the baby. It's like she has this sort of mindset, but when it's her, it's different, you know? When it's when it's your situation and there are these other factors for her. It's not so black and white for her, you know? Or is it Absolutely. is that
1: how she made that decision so easily, you know? The other characters that have given their babies up, BB for instance, or we find out Mia maybe did for a little bit. Uh we don't really know yet. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that. We have reason to believe that they regretted it deeply and went to drastic measures to try to get them back, but Lexi's not going to have that opportunity here and I'm wondering if she's going to be regretful or if it will affect the plot much with her. Well, what I thought about too
0: was that she she didn't end up telling anybody. She tried to talk to Brian. She didn't tell him. She tried to mention it to her mom and dad. She didn't end up telling them. The only person she told was Pearl, so this is a huge secret that she can now not tell them. She cannot go back and tell Brian or her parents. So that is a huge change for her. And when Mia is talking to her gallery agent friend, that friend says it's your secrets that are isolating you and keeping you apart from things. And so now that applies to Lexi. Like this is her secret. This is her. She's not. It's going to isolate her from Brian, from her parents. It's definitely going to change a lot for her.
1: That's a really good catch. I like that a
0: lot. I think they did a good job of showing that she's kind of struggling with it. And I don't know. I don't feel like she really tried to tell her parents because they were sort of in the middle of this fight whenever she tried to bring it up. But, you know, we've talked before about how Elena didn't give Izzy, you know, sort of the time of day when she's trying to talk to her or whatever. And now we see, you know, her little favorite, Lexi, also not getting her mom's attention either. But I feel like that's kind of not a fair judgment in the situation because they were Bill and Elena were kind of fighting at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel like Lexi didn't really try hard for them to know. I mean, it probably had to do with everything. It mm-hmm. was not something she wanted to share. So when you were finally yeah. get the courage to share and then don't get to do it, then maybe it was easy to be like, you know what, I think I'm just going to not yeah. and I'll just do what I want to do. Because having told her parents, I think a different decision would probably end up being made. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. I think
0: the parents would have jumped in and like made that decision for her, you know? I
1: I definitely think the way uh, Elena typically handles handles problems for the kids. I think that's absolutely what would have happened. And I'm sure Lexi knows that. She knows her mom and she knows how her parents are going to feel about things. So what did you think about the way Mia treated Lexi when Pearl brought her home? Well, let's go ahead and talk about at the abortion clinic with Pearl mm-hmm. showing up to help out.
0: Yeah so Lexi puts down Pearl's name as her name
1: on the form yeah and she didn't ask Pearl. Pearl was there to support her. She came in the waiting room and she was sitting with her And right before this, I don't remember exactly what Pearl says but something to to get Lexi to say, well, you're the only person I've told And you could tell that mm-hmm. Pearl really really wanting the acceptance of Lexi and really wanting to be in this social circle you can tell that she's like, sort of honored like wow I, I'm i your mm-hmm. go-to you didn't go to any of our other friends then right at that moment Pearl Warren gets called <laughs> the back meaning Lexi had used her name and at that then at that very moment she was so upset
0: Mia's been trying to tell Pearl that Lexi's not your friend like she's just using you and she's like treating you as her little project and like they've been through this whole like Lexi's my friend no she's not conversation several times and so I think that Pearl
1: saw that in Lexi at that moment like oh it was hard to read. Like, I do think she felt honored to be Mm -hmm. the only one told. But then I also feel like later she was like, oh, you're going to tell me, but you're not going to tell your other friends. Like, why am I okay to know this? Like, how am I different in a bad way? It did seem like a negative. Her only telling
0: Pearl seemed sort of like a Dis on Pearl for some reason.
1: She definitely feels really hurt and she definitely feels really used in that moment. And also her mom was right, which is also painful. Mm-hmm. Right. If you've ever <laughs> had your mom telling you something that you don't believe is true, you think that they're wrong and then they end up being yeah. right, it's, uh, it's painful.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh man, <laughs> she's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of glad to see Pearl upset about it, actually, because she wasn't upset about the essay thing. And she, you know, it's like she oh, gives like these passes when people are telling her, like, you shouldn't let her treat you like that. Her mom saying she's not your friend. And then Brian saying, like, why are you letting her do that to you? And I don't know. I was kind of actually glad for Pearl to be like, what? Like, that's not okay. But she still was there for her and helped her and took her home and all that stuff. So
1: I definitely felt like she handled it as graciously as you could handle being angry and hurt by somebody. Mm -hmm. She still did it in a caring way. I liked that she still brought her home and she still took care of her. Even whenever she was having that moment with her mom on the floor in the hallway. And, you know, admits to her mom that she was right or whatever and and how hurt she was by Lexi. I thought it was a nice moment. She ends up telling her mom about Trip. Yeah. I thought that was a really special moment between Mia and Pearl because they've been so at each other's throats lately. Um, I mean, they started Mm -hmm. the episode out where Pearl was so mad at her mom for not letting her go to the Richardsons, yet Izzy's allowed at the house. Like, that didn't make any sense. And Rightfully so, I think. But now all of a sudden she is coming back to her mom and it feels like they're on the mend and she's sharing personal things with her mom.
0: I was happy to see that Mia was sort of comforting and didn't overreact to Pearl confessing that she had sex with Tripp because Mia seemed kind of volatile lately. She's been really emotional with Pearl. And so I'm glad that she like took that moment of like, oh, okay. And just talked about it.
1: Yeah. Any of her shock came from the fact that it was Tripp and not Moody. (laughs) And right. not the fact yeah. that she was being sexually active at all. And I thought that was a comforting way to approach it.
0: Right. I thought she handled it well for the situation. And she didn't get as upset as she is about her hanging out with Lexi. I'm glad she didn't sort of overreact to this moment with Trip because it really wasn't a great moment anyway. So I'm glad that her mom was sort of comforting to her in that moment.
1: Yes, for sure. I know this is an extreme guess because they they were safe, but if we wanted to add drama here, could there be a pearl and trip baby in the future? Absolutely not. I do not <laughs> think so at all. Okay, I just like. <laughs> I'm the gonna throw... call a no on that one. That's fine. I just now thought of it, but I anytime two characters are getting it on, I'm always like there could be a baby because. Well, yeah, I mean, in a, especially in a drama series and especially could, something that seems but... kind of uneventful it's something that could end up eventful
0: i was really surprised to see that pearl and trip kind of came back around to this and sort of seemed to make amends a little bit i actually was proud of trip for sort of coming back and apologizing and checking on her and
1: he definitely is developing into a nicer character than we know him to be
0: cuz he's ignored her at school and so i liked seeing him come back and talk to her and he apologized and just was like i've got nervous and you're really pretty and you're really smart And so i don't know i think they kind of mended the fence a little bit and i don't know that i like the idea of pearl and trip being together but i like that they came back and sort of talked it
1: out i mean it puts poor moody like off in the corner and i just i I feel so bad for him because and it's gonna ruin those brothers relationship too yeah i hate that
0: yeah, I think Pearl and Moody are much more suited for each other, but Trip surprised me a little bit in this episode, so I was glad to see
1: that. We find out that Bill is representing Linda and Izzy brings the newspaper and she shows them this New York Times photo yeah. that is a $400,000 piece of artwork and shows it to her parents and says, "Do you think this is Mia?" I think it really does look like her. Do you think? Cuz
0: last time you said it you weren't sure, but I think it does look like Mia. Oh, it
1: absolutely is Mia.
0: Because even Elena was like, that's not her. Or, what would she be doing in the New York Times? Or, you know, it seems to be some question about whether that actually looks like her, but I think it does. Well, I thought it was
1: interesting that Bill is representing Linda in the adoption, and Izzy yells out to her parents, you know that they are stealing that baby. Yeah. I thought that it was interesting the way that she openly defends the opposite party. <laughs> She's on Team BB, and they're on Team Linda. Okay, so Mia gets, like, the horrifying knock on her door of her life whenever Izzy knocks on her door and shows up with the New York Times. And, you know, Mia is seemingly on the run, right? And Mm -hmm. hiding and laying low. And all of a sudden, she finds herself on (laughs) the cover of the New York Times with a $400,000 picture that obviously is going to get a lot of attention, right? Right. And so we see Mia calling her Anita the gallery lady and is like I thought this was not supposed to be printed this is or whatever. a huge
0: deal. That's a lot of money,
1: and Anita seems to be trying to calm her down, saying like, "Oh, your pregnancy wasn't a secret." Something I gathered that she said.
0: This lady seems to know kind of everything. Like she has a lot of information. I wondered Um, that even throughout the episode, a couple times they talk, and she's just reassuring her that no one knows your secrets, and you guys are safe. And so I feel like this lady knows a lot about
1: Mia's story, and I'm I'm kind of wondering why. why. Exactly. Yeah, why does Anita know about Mia and Pearl's story? And then and then further, does she know the entire truth? Because she's telling Mia, I think it's time for you to tell the truth. Right, and, to Pearl. Well, that's what we're assuming. And Mia's crying and saying she yeah. she just doesn't think she can. It does seem like this lady knows everything. If Mia does tell Pearl the truth, which we're assuming at this point that, let me just make sure we're on the same page, that we finished the episode thinking... That Mia must have been a surrogate and gave Pearl to her adoptive parents and then we think that she must have stolen her. Yeah. Is that what you got out of it? Yeah, definitely. Now, it was never explicitly said, but there were a lot of things in the show that made us think that. So, in the event that that's the case and that I'm getting that right, if Mia tells Pearl the truth, then what? I mean, I think that Pearl would want to meet her biological parents. She has a lot of curiosity about her dad already. And I think that she would be angry at Mia just for having stolen her and kidnapped her. And also, she could end up losing her.
0: Isn't there two ways that the surrogate could go, right? Because not all surrogates... No, I guess a surrogate is not always an egg donor. Or is it ever a case where a surrogate is an egg donor? I think you can do it different ways. Okay, so she may be Pearl's mom. If she was, it wouldn't be as scary if
1: you're the right. mom.
0: But what if she's only the surrogate? She's not the biological mom.
1: That was my thought, is that she's not the biological mom. But if she was a surrogate, for whom was she a surrogate? Why? Was it for money? What made her do that?
0: Or was it for a friend? That is so. That was such a huge bombshell to me. <laughs> That's when I love when shows, Lauren, like make me pick up my phone and like text you. And I did.
1: Like as soon as this was over, I was like, oh my God. Yes. Like, this is crazy. This one really was. It just left you like, okay, there's so much going on. Like, especially me knowing that we were going to podcast it. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, there is right. so much going on here.
0: <laughs> this is crazy.
1: And so it also made me wonder, okay, if she's been a surrogate. And, and that would be an expensive thing to do. And if her art is selling for $400,000, just one piece, yeah,
0: does she secretly have money? It is so weird. So bizarre. Because Lexi says she's a, a successful artist. So Lexi know, has, like, heard of her. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. in galleries. She's seems to be making a living at, at this being an artist. So you would think she would have some money and being a surrogate pays a lot of money. And I guess she might not have got paid yet sh- had she stolen the baby. <laughs> what the what? She's harsh to Izzy. When Izzy shows up at the door,
1: she shuts the door in her face.
0: Well, I think that's a panic moment for her. I mean, Izzy's like all excited, like, Hey, look, this is you. Wow. This is awesome. And she's like, Oh my God, that's not me. And like slams the door in
1: her face. And she was like, were you looking through my stuff? Like, why would you have seen that picture of me? She basically busted her for that, and then slammed the door in her face. And you know, right now Mia is who Izzy has, and so it's just kind of heartbreaking to see Izzy be yeah. so shut out in that moment, and really it innocently. Was sad. Yeah, yeah, she she, didn't she do just anything. she had no clue that Mia wasn't gonna be like, yes, look at it, I'm going viral, <laughs> like for the nineties.
0: <laughs> I know. It did feel bad for Izzy. And it definitely, you could see it sort of broke her little heart. She said that she's her apprentice now. Like she's looking up to Mia and, and wanting to emulate her. So that was a little sad. Did you notice how she made that apology note? I couldn't really catch what was on it, though. Did you get any of what was on the note? Because she was cutting out pictures from a magazine, cutting out eyeballs and letters and things. So it wasn't like a handwritten note that just said, sorry. But it was an art piece that she was creating. And I had a hard time sort of figuring
1: out what was on it. As is normal with Izzy. (laughs) Exactly. So Anything Izzy, whatever she's looking at, whatever she sees... You can't quite read it, and they they just film through it so fast that you mm-hmm. you don't know. But then later she sets it on fire in her room. So you see Izzy burning the
0: apology note or the, and she's holding it forever. And I'm thinking, what is she gonna do? when she and so it seems like she runs and throws it in the sink. But I was wondering for a second if that's when we saw the fire start because she set it on fire in her room and just was like holding on to it. So I thought, oh no, this is her starting the fire, but
1: now i have a different theory on that this episode was in november and i think Mm -hmm. the house burns down doesn't it burn down around christmas time i think so december i don't know how i don't know it. it seems like they gave us the date it seems like the house is burning down in december and then we went back to august with each episode yeah if i'm correct
0: let's talk about mia's dream real fast she has another one of these dreams slash flashbacks onto the subway This time it's a little bit different because in the other one, she's just sort of sitting there and that man is staring at her. But this time they're standing and he's, she tries to sort of walk away and he follows her. And then the inside of the subway starts to be plastered with all the pictures of her. So now I used to
1: think that was like Pearl's dad, which probably is now. That's probably the dad, right? Maybe so. That's They showed us that before we had that knowledge. So whenever they showed us that scene... We still had no clue who he might be. I thought it was important
0: to mention, too, that when Mia sort of startles awake from this dream, Pearl's in bed with her and they're, you know, snuggling, sleeping together. And it wakes Pearl up and she
1: chooses this moment in the middle of the night to ask about whether she was wanted. I didn't think about the significance of it being such an odd time to ask something like yeah. that. I think that Lexi
0: situation has her thinking and uh, just prompted her to ask her mom, you know, if she's wanted. and. Mia's like, absolutely, you're very much wanted. If
1: you steal a baby Yeah. (laughs) You gotta think they're really wanted. Pearl may not know just how much she is wanted. She definitely does not. So you wanna talk about Elena? Yes. Do you think that she is just off her rocker like Bill says, or do you think she's on a mission? Well, I mean she's definitely trying to figure something out for sure. She's doing all the research and she is on to the fact that Mia Has a fake name. Yes. And she is going to the microfilms to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, my gosh. Did you ever use those? I had to use them, I want to say, like, only once or twice ever. And it was for a – when I was in high school, we went to a university library. went to TU Library to do a research project, and it was so frustrating and terrible to use those things. Yes.
0: I know. I think we had to use them just to, like, learn how to use them. Like, maybe it was part of a history lesson. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I remember using them briefly,
1: but not very often. I actually had to use them to use them, and I remember crying in the team library. And being like, this is so hard. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that Elena has, like, had enough of this. She's like, I'm going to figure this ridiculousness out. She is, like, putting together a timeline. She's writing down everybody's name. I think she is a little bit off her, not her rocker, but like, I thought it was funny that she like forgot to make her kids lunch. Like, she is consumed, and her kids are like, wait, where's my lunch? (laughs) So I thought that was kind of comical because that is so not Elena to. She's wearing like a baggy t shirt and her hair's like halfway pulled up, which is, you know, she's every morning she's down in the kitchen in heels and pearls. So this is like really uh, affecting her and she is going to figure
1: it out. I definitely noticed all of those things and completely agree that she is rattled by all of this and yeah. determined to figure it out. So Elena ends up in New York City and we find her revisiting the guy in the intro where she, you know, back in 1976 in Paris yeah. was with Jamie who broke her heart. Yep. She wanted to go home and he wanted to stay there and live the career life and be adventurous. And she wanted to go back to Ohio and she was planning on moving into the rental house that she still owns Yeah. back in that flashback. But now she's in New York City and she's really there to try to figure out this situation with Mia and who she is. But she does have a contact at the New York Times who happens to be her old flame. I actually, I was like in the intro thinking to myself like, oh, it's nice
0: to see Elena not so buttoned up, you know, because in was in 1974, she was like dancing and partying and having fun. I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. She's like, wasn't always so serious and sort of her little perfect picture. But then the next day she's like, no, wait, we do have to live this life that we've planned out. We have to go home and get married and go to college and live in the rental. And so she, it's like, maybe she's always been that way. But for a split second, I thought, oh, she's wasn't
1: always so planned out. Well, she talks about that a little bit. She talks about how she didn't plan to be the way she is how you don't decide it, it just kind of happens. And I think that her time with Jamie was having her wonder about how her life could have been if she had stayed with him and pursued her career. You know, not that she regrets her choices or anything. It just had her wondering and seeing, well, where is he? And where would I have been? Because there were a couple of jabs at her about her job being like a local journalist in this episode, even her own daughter says it whenever she says, Are you mad that she might be helping BB or that she's in the New York Times and you'll never be talking about me? Right. And then also, Jamie seems to be pretty condescending about the fact that she's a local reporter and not yeah. in a more established, prominent newspaper.
0: Yeah, he makes a joke about her having a travel
1: budget. She's like, Oh, well, not really. <laughs> I thought he dig. was rude. I know. Yeah, he was, I did not like he him. He was a condescending jerk. So, did you notice when they were at dinner, he asked her about herself and she starts saying, Well, here's what the kids do, and here's what my husband does. Mm-hmm. And- She doesn't say anything about herself, and he has to say, I asked about you. Yeah. So as a wife and a mom, have you ever felt that happen before, where you answer about your family and really feel like sometimes you don't have much to say about yourself? Yeah, definitely.
0: I think it's hard. I mean, especially putting your career on hold to raise your family, it kind of overtakes everything as far as your time and stuff. So it is kind of like that's your accomplishments. That's what you do is your family? So I can understand why she said that. But uh, it's sometimes hard to answer a question about myself. Like, what's your thing? I'm like, uh, I don't know, Like, I take care of my (laughs) kids. But now I can say I have a hobby of
1: podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. But the way she answered that question is actually pretty common. But it was also eye opening for him to say, no, I asked actually about you. Because I think as moms, we really do give so much to everybody else that we put ourselves last. And so it's kind of natural in a conversation like that to talk about yourself last. So it seems like when he's like, no, order a whole bottle and gets kind of flirtatious, it kind of seems like yeah. they're heading towards like maybe having an affair. But they have like a really weird twist, like reminded me of Frozen 1 where like <laughs> Hans. Yes, oh my gosh, like, for sure. The... <laughs> <laughs> I it definitely is just felt like, like Frozen. Yeah, it's just like Frozen, like. Everything is seems like, oh, lovey-dovey, and then all of a sudden, no, I don't like you. I thought that was very strange. I just didn't
0: get it. I'm like, what is going on? Because he's the one who, like, says we should have dinner. He's the one who buys the bottle, of, orders the champagne, and then he seems mad at her
1: that she, yeah. like, came to him for help. I don't know. It's really weird. He calls her narcissistic and yeah. a sad life that sh- she never apologized for or that and that she had never apologized. Yeah. And so I'm thinking this is important. This is important thing to pick up on because as far as we know, she is faultless in the fact that they broke up, like they just wanted different paths and I don't think you can blame somebody for that. But the fact that she he felt like she owed her an apology and she was he said he was just kind of like testing to see if she would actually kind of come clean and yeah. apologize, but she's just the same and she she didn't
0: I know. I thought that was so strange. So I don't really... I don't get that. I don't know what he's
1: really wanting from her. But I thought he was really mean. I already have suspicions about Elena anyway. Just the fact that she had me with question marks when she didn't tell Linda when she knew that Mia might have been involved with the BB thing. So now that we know that he's got this dirt on her too, like, I don't know if these are somehow connected. But I feel like she... I don't know enough to say, but I definitely feel like she's hiding a big thing. That is my take on the whole Elena.
0: That's an interesting prediction. It'll be very interesting to see what sort of comes out about her. But I think, you know, and then ultimately he does give her what she's asking for and that he helps her with the story. So, I mean, he does sort of move her along in this, but I don't, he was had to be mean about it. I don't know. It's very weird. So through her digging and Jamie helping her, Elena figures out that Mia Warren is not her actual name, but Mia Wright, and that she had a brother named Warren. I thought it was interesting, too, to see uh, Elena jumps in the car and drives out to see uh, Mia's parents. And then here we go. We see Elena sleeping in her car and the cop sort of coming by to check on her, which I thought was really interesting. Really good parallel. I kind of liked that because I thought
1: I didn't she was even so... notice the parallel of it that the cop yeah. checked on her and it was uneventful. Right? You need to get out of this neighborhood. Yeah. It's not a safe neighborhood.
0: I kind of liked that. That story writer sort of, you know, she was sort of judging Mia and that she's sleeping in her car and then here she is in the same situation. So I kind of liked that. Very good catch. This to me was like the huge bombshell. She goes to see Mia's parents. The rights. And she's just talking, she says she's writing a story about Mia and she's talking to them. And so they say the last time they saw Mia was when she was pregnant. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry that you never got to see your grandchild. And they are like, "That we were never going to see that grandchild. That is not Mia's baby. I'm like,
1: what? Yep. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. Oh, and that's how we hangers. know. Yes. And that is how we know that she must have been a surrogate if it's not her baby. And that also proves that she wasn't biological. As well, I think Elena figured
0: it out, and so now, based on this, is what I really do think that Mia set the fire because Elena is gonna go back and what confront Mia and say what and threaten what and do what?
1: Yeah, what is Elena gonna do with all of this? information. Yeah. Is she writing a story? Linda's family's in the news because of Mia, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe so. Maybe she's gonna use her journalism to out Mia. Yeah. Who knows? So now I'm sort of leaning more towards
0: well, I think I was already leaning towards Mia setting the fire, but I'm definitely leaning there now. But it's gonna be interesting to see what Elena does with this information.
1: I still have a hard time thinking it's gonna be Mia because she's just been the arc enemy the whole time, sort of. Well, I guess Izzy has as well, but yeah. um, I I think I'll still be a little surprised if it's Mia or Izzy. I think I still have to guess that it might be Pearl that does it, just because hmm. I feel like mothers and daughters are very protective of one another, and yes. I feel like Pearl could end up trying to protect her mom somehow in this.
0: Yeah. So along with Elena going to New York and doing all this digging into Mia we see Bill sort of getting really worked up about this. I am questioning now Bill. I'm wondering why is he so upset? He is like begging her not to go, please don't go, you can't do this, stay here. Like what? Why is he so adamant that she doesn't go? Then he's calling her the whole time, leaving her messages. He says something like, I'm worried, but now I just don't know what to be worried about. Now, I have like a big question mark around Bill, which I didn't really have before. I didn't think
1: much of Bill, like in terms of the storyline. Yeah, that's a good catch. I didn't really put a lot of significance in that when I watched it, but I do think it was an interesting thing to see. And now I'm wondering the same thing. What's up with Bill? Calm down, Bill. God, Bill. I don't know. Chill, man. Bill. Chill, Bill. <laughs> so, I want to talk about. Linda having to give visitation rights to B.B., when I noticed that they were in the park meeting in this public place and she's being forced to let B.B. see Mirabelle, her daughter, that she adopted, first of all, where is her husband? Can you imagine Hmm. having this experience by yourself Yes and no. I think, and these processes
0: are really long, and I think there's often visitation rights that that are sometimes in place. So definitely not the first time. If this is, I mean, this looked like the first time she was. really It was definitely upset. the first time. I yeah. think it looked
1: like, especially the way she uh, embraced the baby. I know. BB.
0: It was, yeah. So I would imagine that her husband would be there for sure. But if this was like the fifteenth or the twenty-fifth time that they had, maybe not. But this was a huge deal, and poor Linda, she's just heartbroken it's so sad I don't know I just identify with Linda I know it's there's a both sides to the story but I just feel bad
1: for her so Linda sees Mia sitting in the car while she's yeah having you know her daughter just got taken away from her and Uh she realizes oh my gosh Mia is involved in this this was the photographer at the birthday party and why is she right here and what does she have to do with this and then she realizes, well, Elena must have been involved in this. And so she stomps up to Elena's office yeah. and tells her off. Good for her. Yeah. Could you good imagine? For her.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. I definitely wondered how this is going to affect their friendship moving forward, especially since Bill is representing them in this whole legal battle. You know, And then if the wives are mad at each other, that's not good.
0: I think that's definitely part of Elena's motivation to figure it out, too is she knows that linda's upset with her and you had something to do with this and you knew among other reasons but yeah poor linda this was like really harsh episode for her
1: yeah um i don't know if this realization will be key to finding out why elena hadn't told her in the first place too i've always been wondering that why didn't you tell your friend why like if i knew some kind of little piece of any mystery that was going on with my friend i would just I would want to march right to them and tell them unless I had some kind of incriminating something against me. So
0: super weird. So Lauren, um, in addition to all of these juicy details, let's talk about our nineties references that we are noting for every episode. You know, we talked about the microfilm at the library Yes A cassette tape I saw a cassette Lexus Nexus yes. Was dropped I saw a roll of film Which I haven't seen One of those in a while
1: Yeah the roll of film Reminds me of I just took this Millennial BuzzFeed quiz And it said If you're a millennial You won't be able to know Name what these objects are And it was a quiz And it just showed you A picture And you had to like Name of You have four multiple choices That you had to name Of 20 of the questions I got 14 of them right but I guessed on 13 of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, you I think there was like a, only a few of them I knew. I thought it was so funny. I don't know. I always think it's funny how I identify as a millennial. And that quiz further proved it. <laughs> but... Anyway, my favorite thing that I saw with the 90s was the um, Elena's Morissette songs. I loved Izzy playing You Ought to Know on the violin. I thought it was very fitting um, yeah. being such an angry song and uh, with such passion. I thought, first of all, her violin performance, it looked like she really is, a, what is it, a violinist. It was really good. But. I also just love that song. I and know. Also, you mentioned
0: last week that you wanted to hear.
1: Elena's Morissette. Yeah. I definitely thought they can't do this. They cannot do this series and not use. They've used so much good music. I'm like, if they mm-hmm. complete this and they don't put Elena's in there, I'm going to be really disappointed. I, I guess they heard me and they like quickly yeah. edited everything and put it into Elena's <laughs> Morissette songs this week because yes. um, I that was I'm funny. Sure. Yeah. Also thought it was cool that cuz I used to have the CD back in the day that the song the uninvited song was the secret song that they had on the on the CD so they had mm. the songs listed on the back you know cover of the CD but then they had a song that they didn't yeah. list and that was the uninvited song that they played and oh. I thought that it was interesting that while they were playing the secret song, they were actually flashing through different secret scenarios that were happening throughout the story. Like, for instance, Mia is opening that memory box. They do show Bill alone in the kitchen. I know you had asked some questions about Bill. He's just doing the dishes and kind of seems a little razzled to be doing stuff out <laughs> of his norm since Elaine is out of town. Yeah. Trip and Pearl are in the library, like, having fun together. And I think Moody is not supposed to know. I think it's kind of a secret that they are hanging out. Lexi's in her car putting makeup on, which this is after her abortion. So I think the makeup is symbolic of her just kind of covering up what's really going on with her. Trying to yeah. present herself just normal and well. And then also they have Izzy pouting because she sees... Lexi, her sister, at Mia's house, Mia and Pearl's, which we'll get into that. And then I also, Mia was developing some film in her darkroom. And so we don't Mm -hmm. know what's on that film, what might emerge. But I have a guess there, since the name of this episode was called Duo. and. Duo means like a pair of people or things, but especially in yeah. music or entertainment, maybe it's going to be another piece of the art. So maybe if she's got, you know, the $400,000 piece is of her pregnant, maybe she's got something and maybe her and Pearl right after birth or something. I don't know. I just got to be a companion piece to that pregnancy shot. I'm thinking But also with the name of the show being Duo, I, I kind of really had to think hard about why I thought it was named this. And I think having a duo of Alanis Morissette songs and then us not having some questions about what's on that film that she's developing. I think that might be the answer. It might be the yeah. the duo, the, the companion piece to that art is my guess. Did you have any thoughts I on was, that?
0: I was hoping we would
1: see as she was
0: developing the film, like something emerge just to give us a hint. But we didn't. We didn't get any information as to what was on the film. But I definitely liked that sequence over that song. It was like really great the way they filmed that. We also see Izzy setting fire to her apology note to Mia.
1: Yes, and she does that after she's pouting because her sister was at Mia's. Remember, she goes to take it to Mia, then her sister yeah. walks out the door, then she storms home, and then she puts it on fire. So, another question I have, just before we finish, is why do you think Izzy got so upset that Lexi would be at Mia and Pearl's house? I think
0: because Mia kicked
1: her out, basically, or shut the door in her face. Oh, I didn't even think about that, and then. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was like an intrusion of her little place. You know, this is like her place yeah. that she goes to get away from her family. And it's a place where she's fully accepted. And she just really enjoys being there. And to think that her sister kind of has an in there, too, kind of makes her feel yeah, not so special. Or maybe even left out from a friendship with Pearl. I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure.
0: She did seem like she was pouting a little bit. Cause she, like, stormed in her room like, crossed her arms and, like, sat on the bed. like,
1: like a She child was pouting. I mean, yeah. For oh, sure. <laughs> so have you seen the previews for Episode 6? I didn't.
0: I haven't watched them yet.
1: I haven't either. But I'm hoping they will answer a little bit about why Mia was a surrogate. Give us a little more information on that. I'm hoping to see this Cleveland connection come at some point that I keep talking about with Mia and BB being in Cleveland during the same time period. And then also I want to know more about Elena's secrets and her secret nature with Linda. I'm wanting some answers on all of these things.
0: I'm definitely excited to see too what Elena does with this information she has on Mia now. Is she going to keep it secret for a while? Like she's kind of i think she's at a breaking point with me i think she's angry at this point but you know before we were seeing her kind of give leniency to me in some of these situations so i don't think she's there anymore i don't think she's at a point of like protecting her her or or giving her some leniency but is she ready to share that information or what's she going to do with it so I'm very excited to see. Good thoughts. Well, catch us next time for episode six. Follow us on Twitter at tweet two steph and tweet to Lauren, and also follow Pod Clubhouse on all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and PodClubhouse.com. This is Lauren and this is Steph. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production.